Thank you for joining us for a Kingdom Thoughts conversation with one of our founders on Insight Now. You can watch live streams on Facebook and YouTube. We hope that you enjoy the conversation. Come on, welcome. Welcome to the early morning live stream here Good on the morning. West Coast. Good yeah. morning, guys. How, how are you guys doing? Good. We are good. Fabulous. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah you know, I've, I've been overcoming technical issues of starting last night, and here we are. We finally made it, and I appreciate your patience. And um, Nathaniel, Amy, tell us about the season that you're in right now, because I feel like I feel like I want to I want to just get a, a 30,000 foot view. And I think we talked earlier about them talking about friendship, but give us a 30,000 foot view of what what's happening in your world right now. Yeah. So um, uh, I, I'll describe it. I mean, I think this is more me than Amy right now, personally, but I think um, I, I'll describe it in just just those broader terms and i don't know there might be a need of like defining terms i'm getting a phone call in right now i gotta reject um rejection 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 that's a good segue no <laughs> <laughs> that was good i like <laughs> but uh um so it was within the last few months i just started kind of various situations would come up and I'd realize that um, my emotional response to them was uh, it, it had orphan like symptoms, mm. like orphan spirit, orphan mindsets. And, um, and it was really surprising to me because wow. yeah. like, typically if somebody's going through orphan mindset, orphan behavior type things, Again, I, like I know, I'm throwing terms, and maybe we'll need to define them later. But this is the big picture yeah, good. intro. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, usually, when when people are are kind of manifesting those sorts of behaviors or mindsets or emotions, um, it's because we we connect it to fatherhood issues. You know, mm -hmm. um, their connection to Father God mindsets about father god about identity and who they are and, and those kinds of things and like that is what i major in like that is my life message stuff wow. is all out of the testimony of god pouring a spirit of adoption mm -hmm. into me settling the issue of identity i mean i i have i have assessments that can like prove beyond anything whatever of showing like I know who I am. I'm confident in who I am. I walk in that confidence, all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was like, why? Of, oh, it, it just really surprised me. Like, all, I, I'm like, all of that got settled years ago. Why do I see orphan stuff coming up in me now? And I realized just as I'm like trying to process it with the Lord, because that's where I went with my questions. I'm like, okay, God, I don't understand why I see this coming out in me. Help me understand. What do I need mm -hmm. to deal with? Mm -hmm. And what I felt like he was showing me was that it had to do with uh, the friend-sibling plane mm. of relationships. And um, and I don't know, I, like I just 
I realized that in a nutshell, I'd never really seen healthy friendships modeled. Um, like I, I, my, all my family are introverts. And so like that I grew up in. And so we wow. didn't really, like, we, we did a lot of time together. Um, but we, we, friends coming over wasn't, wasn't a thing. You know, I had teammates, we were at church three times a week. I had friends there, <laughs> but looking back on it, you know, I yeah. really had like two friends and others that had come in here or there, but I, I had two friends and uh, I don't know, just a lot of little things. I can kind of get into the details um, if it's helpful, but like, uh, but that's the heart of it is just realizing throughout my life. I don't know how many people, um, like I, 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 the bottom line for, for me was I, I'm discovering that I have a lot of people that I've called friends. Um, but I think there's just something so much higher that the Lord's mm -hmm. inviting me into, um, mm -hmm. that it's starting mm -hmm. to make me wonder, um, I guess kind of two things. One is I'm, I'm, it's making me wonder if I really even know what friendship really, like the design, God's design on friendship really looks mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. um, and the other piece is just, okay, I've had these friendship connections because I, you know, like, I don't know, there, there may be friends, people who I would consider friends or consider me a friend who watch this. And, and I'm not trying to communicate to you like, oh, we actually, have, I, <laughs> whatever. Like, I'm no, not trying no. to say anything. I'm, if anything, I'm saying, I haven't known how to receive friendship. Okay. Okay. That there's been yeah. walls or there's been whatever issues on my end that have caused mm -hmm. me to not be able to mm -hmm. actually receive friendship because mm -hmm. I don't even have a grid for it. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally makes sense. And that's, I think, you know, for, this is a common condition. Yeah. I, I don't think you're alone in that. You know, I know, you know, Mika's had a hard time since moving here with really deep friendships. I, me as well, you know, I think um, it wasn't until I had good relationships with acquaintances and uh, people that I was in ministry with, like good, you know, good relationships, but a lot of that was more functional than relational. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I think I mentioned I had got, I had really bad advice early on in ministry that said, if I'm going to be in ministry and somebody says, Hey, I want, I just want to be friends with you. Like, I just really, I really feel like there's a friendship here and that we were connecting and everything else. But the minute that the word friend was brought up, it was, we were, um, in, you know, given some wisdom, quote unquote wisdom that, um, yeah. that if, people want to be your friends and they're in your ministry, then you have to put up a bunch of cards on that. Like yeah. you're not, you shouldn't actually, you have to have a DTR to find the relationship moment right. where, where you're, which is great for dating, right? Like if you're going right. to like, you should have that. And there's a great places for define the relationship. And even with friendships, like, do you want me to like, are you looking for just like, come here, I'm going to hug you as a friend or as a friend, can I correct you in this as a friend? You know, like sometimes it feels a little awkward, you know, like trying to know what your role is. Yeah. So that awkwardness of not knowing the role, we were told, Hey, if you're the pastor, then they need to treat you like the pastor. 
and not like a friend. Right. Like they need to respect and honor and all that yeah. stuff. And you need to be able to speak into their life, not just as as a friend, but as a leader in their life. And man, that yeah. ruined a bunch of great potential relationships for us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it really did. And it's one of the most heartbreaking things for me looking back on 10 years of ministry of how many great close friendships that we could have had. And yeah. yet, and you know, it, some friends of ours really tried to say, you don't have to do like, we don't have to go this direction, you know? Right. Um, but, but it was like, there was a, a block in us. And so um, now it's very different for me. Um, but, and I, and I maybe could share a little bit about the unwinding of that process, but you know, it was, that was a, it's a tough, tough thing to be in ministry and to have close friends. Yeah. You know, I think for a lot of people, because we put too much performance on ourselves and we put the wrong expectations of being a pastor and when, and then we actually foster those expectations by holding people at bay and you know, it's not good. Not good. What about you, Amy? How's, how, what's friendships look like for you? Um, I feel like as a mom with five kids working a job and other things that I haven't had a ton of time for friendships. Um, mm. It was helpful to learn early on that there are people who are just naturally wired, like relationship comes through what you do together versus mm. relationship of the beer. You know, I think Nathaniel's a lot more the beer relater. Mm. And I'm more I'm more the doer. Yeah, we, got, we, we, we got that. We got that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a lot more the doer relater. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm learning how to be more relational just by being. I mean, when the kids were little, I always felt like I didn't, I couldn't have friends or relationship because wow. I get in a conversation and it would be like, mm -hmm. never mind, I got to go. You know, like I'm always was just chasing kids. And I think eventually that kind of became a safeguard for not having to get vulnerable in relationship was I could mm. allow the kids to keep me from relationship. And um, mm -hmm. so realizing now that the kids are a little bit older that I actually needed to uh, like come away from the excuses and al allow myself mm. to enter into real relationships with people without so having good. an agenda. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I do still have some relator friends that, that we thrive because we both really enjoy doing things together, the planning and the doing. And then I have some friends that, you know, they just come over and we sit on the couch and drink tea while the kids run around and be crazy around us. So, mm -hmm. yeah. so yeah. it's a growing, a learning process, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. And, you know, the, the process of, discovering what it means to be a son of God um, and that identity piece uh, really in, in, you know, Jack Frost's book from slavery, spiritual slavery to spiritual sonship was transformative for me and my family relationships, specifically with my dad, um, mm -hmm. which was really, really helpful, but it did begin to shift how I received love. Yeah. You know that was a big one because in the in the with uh, in the orphan mindset, you you know, in order to receive love, you're distant, right? You you view you know love as you're being guarded. It's conditional, right? Yeah. And that type of stuff. Whereas um, as a son, you can be more open, right? Patient. You can be affectionate. You can be vulnerable with anybody. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, so that was a big that was a big piece for me probably about six years ago that started the process. 
right? Was like, oh, grabbing a hold of that identity as a son was probably one of the most helpful things for me to actually relate to other people without all of the preconditions. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so Nathaniel, in your process, you, you, you felt, said that you felt like you're getting into a deeper understanding of this stuff. And, and what does that mean? What does that look like? For you? <laughs> well, to be honest, it's mostly questions right now. Right. Um, I, I'm, I'm not far enough along that I feel like I've reached like major revelation points. Um, mm. You know, because I know some of it for me, like I, I've always lived with my heart on my sleeve. So like mm. that uh, kind of the difference between openness and vulnerability. Like, I've always been extremely open. Um, and, and in fact, I mean, uh, just being highly relational in general, I've always mm -hmm. kind of been the, the puppy dog. That's like, I'm so excited to see all these people. Like, I love you and I care about you, you know? And then when I don't feel that reciprocated at the same level, you know, like, oh, we got to get down to business or other stuff to do or, oh, whatever it is. Um, like, I, I've, uh, I don't know, just like I, it, I've, I've been taught that it's inappropriate to be relational and to actually be excited to have people. And so it's a lot of just questioning, mm. like, well, what does friendship actually look like? Because I have a real mm. solid look on, like, this is family, you know? Um, but like Amy said, we've got five kids. We're extremely involved in intentionally raising our kids and pouring so much into them in this season of life. And it's kind of been like, okay, we'll have friends again when our kids are, when we're empty nesters, you know, like then we'll have time for other relationships, but our relationship tank is pretty full. And maybe when the kids were younger and like Amy said, you know, like, you can hardly have a conversation without 20 interruptions, you know? Um, maybe there was kind of grace for it or, or whatever. It's real. it's real. It's real. But but I feel like we're getting to a place now where honestly, for our kids' sakes, like they need to understand what friendship looks like too. Yeah. Like this is a yeah. healthy thing that we need to figure out in our family. Like how do we actually make room for people in our lives and in our hearts? Mm -hmm. And, and a lot of the people that we have connected with that are like, yeah, they feel safe and we can connect with them. Are there people like you who live, you know, like 24 hour drive away, you know? Um, yeah. And so it's not like the kind of people we can easily have over for a dinner mm -hmm. or, you mm -hmm. know, um, and in ministry yeah. roles, like we're having people over anyway. And it's not, like, we love everybody. But it's trying to figure out like what's the the other echelon of friendship and how do you not insult everybody else that you're constantly <laughs> loving on and ministering to? Yeah. Is mm -hmm. like how do you not just create this click? And how do you mm -hmm. how do you have people who are close without it needing to be a secret club so that everybody else isn't offended? You know, and I, I don't know. Like I said, I have a lot of questions. Because I, I can perceive there's a whole lot of mm -hmm. unhealthy mm -hmm. <laughs> ways to do it, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of answers. Just being honest, mm -hmm. I, you know, like I've got 15 years of fatherhood journey. I could talk to you all kinds of stuff about that mm -hmm. side of it, um, but I'm just starting the friendship journey, mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. and I don't know how much crossover it applies. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. I, I, I'll just say, I just was reminded of Bill Johnson talking about um, his heart in relationships. And, you know, he uses the, you know, model of his heart is a garden, right? Yep. And he is, can pour out and give and serve anybody, but yep. he actually is pretty cautious to about who gets to tend the garden exactly. of his heart. And um, that, you know, obviously family is in the garden, yep. but then there's this place of, for those deep, intimate relationship, there does have to, over time, develop a certain level of trust. Um, and some of that is not about uh, whether or not we are willing to be open or willing to be vulnerable, but there is this, like, are you going to hurt me? Right, exactly. Here, right. Are you going to step on? Are you gonna? Are you gonna kick the rocks? Are you gonna weed whack my garden? You right. know, like what? What are you gonna do in here? And so, um, the confidence that we have. Uh, what I what I found is that I'm 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 learning more and more that I can be completely transparent and vulnerable with my brokenness and not worry about how people view me anymore. Yeah. Because that was the biggest, I think for me, the biggest drawback to friendship was people might view me in a way that I didn't want them to view me because I didn't view myself well. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Uh, I had somebody who told me once that she never felt overwhelmed as a mom. And I was like, wow, I suck because I felt overwhelmed every single day, (laughs) you know, or that as pastors that we really need to, even if we're struggling, we need to set a higher bar to call people into versus Mm -hmm. like being allowed to go on the journey. And so when I felt that, like, wow, I must suck because I'm overwhelmed, (laughs) but they're not like, what am I doing wrong? What do I not know? Mm. that I just really wanted to live really authentically in front of people and share the struggle and share the journey because I don't have all the answers <laughs> and I don't think anybody does. And I think to like, we get on Instagram or Facebook and you think everybody has this perfect life, but it's like, I've seen their pictures and I've hung out in their living room and I know these are two different realities. <laughs> and so um, yeah. we do have an amazing family, but at the same time, I just try to be really authentic mm-hmm. in, in the struggle because I think mm-hmm. that we do have a, a tendency to think we have to have all the answers and we have to have it figured out. And if people really knew us, they would know that we didn't have it figured out. And so um, like, yeah, that fear of disappointing people. So that's why we hold them at arm's length. You know, I've even to the point, like just stopped cleaning my house when people come over. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you know what? If you're coming in my house, this is the reality of how I live day to day. I have mm-hmm. five kids and, you know, like I just can't keep up with all of that. And I think it's, I think it's unrealistic, you know, mm-hmm. to even pretend that mm. we're there. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it interesting how much we, we, believe often subconsciously that we are going to be approved or rejected based on the, the things that we don't want people to see. Yeah. You know, and 
you know, for me, those areas of brokenness are actually gateways to authentic relationship. Oh yeah. Yeah. There you you go. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Because so the biggest change that happened for one of the big, and I've talked about it at length on different, you know, streams, but one of the biggest changes that happened for me was recognizing the place of um, not just my deep desire and need for God to be active and moving in my life, but actually recognizing that the place where I'm at right now has brokenness in it. Mm-hmm. And that is my invitation to draw nearer to the Lord. And that's the foremost priority. Yeah. Like above, it's it's my primary affection yeah. is to draw near to God in the midst of wherever I'm at, like my struggle, my brokenness. And it, it creates a space for me now, like um, Larry Crabb uh, wrote a great book called The Pressure's Off. I've talked about it quite a bit. We just took some ministers and training through it. It was super, super helpful um, just to break off the desire to perform for approval um, yeah. And to feel like you got to perform for God or to perform in relationship and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So as this stuff has come off of me, um, one of the biggest uh, realities that he talks about is find yourself on your map. If you want to know where to go, establish where you're at with God. Yeah. And that place where you're at is always you have to find your brokenness and bring that to the Lord. Yeah. Right. Like that place on the map is the place that allows him to minister to you, grow you, you know, opens the doors for a deeper, authentic relationship with Christ. But it's also been the place where I found the greatest growth in relationship. Yeah. You know, like I, you know, Mika ministered to me the other morning on some stuff that I've been struggling with and haven't been able to wrap my head around it. And so she just started praying in tongues and praying over me. And, and it was like, oh, the Lord just started connecting these dots for me. And so I had to be really honest and open and vulnerable with my wife and tell her. But then I did not, I'm not going to withhold that from my friends. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not going to just be like, oh, well, that's private. That's just me over here. And then there's this other side that I want you to believe is who I am. Right. And so authentic relationships happen when we take our masks off and we say, here's the dot on the map of where I'm at. Here's my brokenness. And I am seeking the Lord holy in this. And I want you to know where I'm at. And and it has transformed every ministry relationship that I have. You know, it's created opportunities for friendships where there was always a rub. You know, like it wasn't healthy yeah. before. Now it's like, oh, we're able to thrive together because there's a genuineness there of just the humility. I think of saying, hey, I'm broken where I'm at. I'm not, you know, um, and I don't know if that speaks at all to anything that you might be going through. But I know that was, that's been probably the hugest thing for me is just, you know, that's one of the things I love about you guys, by the way. You know, it's like every time we get on, it's an authentic answer. There's no show. There's no like. It's just like here I am, you know. And, and uh, yeah, you know the Lord. Um, you know, I think he's he's taking us all deeper in this understanding. And the reason why I wanted to talk about it today is because I think it's happening across the body of Christ. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. How are, how are we going to be unified if we're all fake? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it, it's interesting because I think a lot of what you're saying is stuff that the Lord walked me through in the fatherhood level of orphan mm -hmm. spirit stuff, mm -hmm. um, which is where I'm like, for the most part, I'll tell pretty much anybody anything. You know, there, there isn't, it, it's, um, it, it isn't for my sake that I'll withhold information. It, usually it's almost, all, if I'm going to withhold information, it's because I'm not sure how it might damage relationship or connection, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, sometimes there's TMI or whatever. <laughs> it's like true, true. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's <laughs> it. It's like the only the only completely open relationship I'll ever have is is me and the Lord. But humanly speaking, it's just Amy and me. Um, everybody else, there's going to be some level of filter. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there could be some friends that would have, you know, a, about the same, whatever. But, uh, but I think for me, in, in terms of coming into friendship that's meaningful and valuable, it actually is a little bit of the opposite. It's learning to care what certain people say mm -hmm. again, learning again mm -hmm. to care what certain people say, not mm -hmm. everybody. Obviously, not, I'm not going to go back to caring what everybody thinks about me because that's going to lead to the shame and the masks and the, it, yeah. you know, the, 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 the disguises, all of that kind of thing. But certain people, um, like you say, it's the trust. And, mm -hmm. and that's the difference, I think, between there's the openness and then mm -hmm. there's actually vulnerability, you know, because mm -hmm. in vulnerability, I actually allow myself to take the mm -hmm. risk of caring what you might think of me yes and, yeah. and we can That's apply good. the principle of freedom right by just walling off and be like well here's the mm -hmm. stuff and i just don't care you know mm -hmm. but if we're going to build what god's trying to build in the church there has to be honor which means i actually care about you like mm -hmm. you are significant you matter mm -hmm. i place importance and weight mm -hmm. weightiness on you and um, so good. And I think that that applies in a lot of areas of you know you were talking the the bad bad advice you got early on, mm -hmm. and yeah. and my main response to that is like, well, yeah, there should be honor for those who walk in a pastoral ministry, mm -hmm. but not just because they carry some title. Jesus actually came hardcore against that in Revelation three, and he called mm -hmm. it like the and he said he hates it, mm -hmm. you know, and because that was something that put leaders on a pedestal. Yeah, um, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, but it's good. what grace does that person carry? Yeah, what gift is that person to the body? What is right. that? What unique identity does that person carry that that becomes their unique contribution to the people around them? Well, right. that's going to manifest as a leadership gift in a church setting that ma makes them a pastor. That's the role they're mm -hmm. fulfilling. But, okay, everybody in the pew, everybody in the chair, they've got something of equal value mm -hmm. that God is giving mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And so we can have honor for one another that everybody gets elevated, not yeah. just by each other, but by the yeah. Lord. 
Yeah, so, so good. It brings all of us together in this place yeah. where we all get to be powerful. We all get to see one another. We all get to be important. And the Lord's in the midst of the whole thing making it all happen. Mm-hmm. It, it actually elevates him even more when we get elevated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mika. There's something of that in the friendship <laughs> dynamic, too, where it's like, okay, everybody gets to be awesome. But there's certain people, like you're saying in a garden, there's certain people that I'm going to develop that connection with in mm-hmm. particular who are in that inner circle. So trust is tested. Yeah. <laughs> it's given. You know, people say that, <clears throat> res- <clears throat> excuse me, that respect and trust is earned. And it's actually given, right? Yeah. It's actually a gift that we get to give people. Right. And um, one of the things that I learned um, with my closest relationships, uh, like with Peter and Mark, yeah. is we had to go through some really difficult times where we were felt very vulnerable, very open, very exposed um, to uh, areas where we needed a breakthrough, where we had attached some shame at two or something of, of that nature for all of us, all three of us have had to walk through um, learning how to care for each other in the midst of each other's personal crises and do it in a way that invited us each to come a little deeper. Yeah. And, and it's not, you know, there's a reason why they're as close as they are because, um, we made the commitment to be there. Yeah. Regardless of a failure, regardless right. of our brokenness. Yes. That we were not going to budge on it. And we made that commitment. And then we, we a couple of years ago, we were in a year and a half ago, we were in pre COVID, uh, right, right, right in February before everything went. Yeah. Um, we spent time in Ohio, Mark and Peter and I all together. And, you know, um, we'd all spent time in tears with each other. We'd all spent time ministering to each other. We, 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 we really, you know, we've taken the time to bear our souls to one another at a deeper level than we would share with anyone else. And that trust was given as a gift, but it was honored by all three. Like we chose to honor that vulnerability and that openness. And I think that, those are the places that you invest your relationship. Can they honor me in that space? Right. And, you know, we don't know until we're faced with it. Right. Yeah. Right. We, we yeah. don't know if they're trustworthy until they're faced with it, uh, until we're faced with it. And one of the really interesting things um, I think about this whole concept is that not everyone's going to be trustworthy in that. Right. But when your identity is secure, you're yeah. not going to receive approval from those people anyways. Right. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're going to be your trusted friends or not, but they're not your seat. They're not the seat of approval. They're not the seat of value in your right. life. And they're, they're then it's just an amazing addition, an amazing add to your right. life to have people that you can do that with. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is really, really, really cool. Um, one thing Mika told me, in this season is Chris, you need to be yourself and you need to be okay with people not liking you. 
Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And and I think it's okay to acknowledge though, like that, like this isn't this isn't a yes but kind of statement. It's a yes I, and yeah. cool. um, yeah. kind of statement. But I think it's it's like all not ha the the orphan is always trying to earn like it's mm -hmm. always coming out of lack lack mm -hmm. is the defining mindset mm -hmm. characteristic of an orphan mm -hmm. and God. abundance is the defining Ooh. mindset characteristic of oh. someone who knows there are like no distance mm -hmm. no separation we're mm -hmm. we, we're already connected we're good you know mm -hmm. we may not yeah. currently be experiencing the the connection but god's going to make it enough god you know and and yeah. I, I I literally I apply that on more in a week where I'm feeling lack of sleep and I'm like feeling hit by the truck when I wake up in the morning I'm like God's my provider He's going to make this enough mm -hmm. and and it just mm -hmm. it resets my joy level so instead mm -hmm. of grumbling in the day I'm looking for mm -hmm. to His sufficiency and it restores me to connection it restores me to provision it restores me to joy um, even in silly little things so. Yeah, he's go, he's going to be enough. He God is my enough. I don't mm -hmm. need anybody else's approval. I don't need anybody else's acceptance. I don't, mm -hmm. you know, like I I am good. But at the same time, I think it's healthy to be able to say that we're not impervious to how people treat absolutely us. totally you know yeah and, and yeah. i know that i know you i know you're there but i just want to say this for anybody listening to give permission again mm -hmm. like hey if somebody if you tried to take that vulnerable step you thought your friendship was to a place where you could mm -hmm. connect with somebody and and let them the the the, the mask down a bit mm -hmm. you know and and if they didn't respond in a trustworthy way, they betrayed the, the confidence or they they said something harsh when you needed a comforting word or whatever it was in that moment and they just didn't handle it properly. Um, like it's okay to acknowledge that that actually hurts. It mm -hmm. doesn't, saying that it hurts is not the mm -hmm. same thing as saying that you're needing approval from that person. Mm -hmm. Your mm -hmm. approval and your identity can still be rock solid in Amen. Christ, that's right that's and right. it can still really be good. painful conversely yep. it can also be a, a awesome experience that you derive a lot of joy and enjoyment from having that connection when a friend did act as a friend to you <laughs> i mean honestly so like it, it, this is borrowing from family but mm -hmm. what, amy you want you're just like okay, <laughs> um, my thought's gonna be six conversations ago. <laughs> That's okay, keep one. <laughs> sorry. I was just gonna say we can we can circle back. I know. <laughs> it's okay. Um this is this is what actually makes a lot of the beauty in Amy and I's friendship and connection is mm -hmm. because we've both had those moments where we weren't the best of friends didn't mm -hmm. act as the best of friends mm -hmm. to the other person, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. usually with the best of intentions, sometimes <laughs> not, <laughs> but we've had those mm -hmm. times where we have brought the, that pain to each other, yeah. but the commitment yeah. 
that exists in this connection means we came back and we cleaned up the mess, we apologized, and it it actually comes to a place where what Jesus said, like he who's forgiven much loves much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when we mm -hmm. know, like, man, we've messed up in various mm -hmm. times, but we know we've genuinely truly been forgiven, it actually mm -hmm. leads to a deepening connection. Mm -hmm. um, so even where still hope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. talk a lot about kind of the same things that Nathaniel already said. So, but you know, I, I had a friend once and I would share a lot of private and never had a friend ever since. <laughs> and, and then somebody else come back and start talking to me about the things that, you know, so-and-so told them and that really hurt me. And then it made me not want to share private information mm -hmm. anymore. Like I just mm -hmm. lack trust then, you know, mm -hmm. like, are, are they going to betray me? And so sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. when we have been hurt by people, we've actually made vows, you know, unhealthy vows, like, well, I'm never going to do that again. Or, you mm -hmm. know, I'm not going to trust that way, or I'm not going to share those things. But really, that that is like a plan of the enemy to separate mm -hmm. us you know, mm -hmm. from from the rest of the body that we need for health. And so, you know, when we have been hurt, it's like Nathaniel said, good to acknowledge it, but it's good to um, take time for self care and take care of the things that are holding you back. And sometimes mm -hmm. it's just a choice to enter into vulnerability again. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. knowing that the Lord is going to protect you, you don't need to protect yeah. you. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to get hurt again, you know? But the Lord, he carried you through the first time. He'll carry you yep. through again. And yep. so, you know, they're just just making that choice whenever we do see those walls coming up in relationship to say, you know yep. what? I know I feel afraid and I know that, you know, but I'm going to choose to enter into this place of vulnerability again. Because I know that that's the healthy thing and that's the right thing to do. You know, I mean, yeah, Peter betrayed yeah. Jesus three times. Yeah. Like, yeah. God knew he was going to do it, but how deeply would that hurt you? That was betrayal. You know, he knew Judas was going to betray him. But again, he allowed him into that, to not the inner, inner circle, but the outer, inner circle of Jesus's life, knowing that he would be betrayed. Mm -hmm. And yet he chose mm -hmm. to love anyway. He chose mm -hmm. to forgive anyway. He chose to go the next step anyway. Yeah. And so sometimes we say, you know, love is a choice. The friendship is a choice. Um, one of my deep friends, you know, one of my sweetest friends, I call her for like all the really vulnerable things because I trust her. I trust her mm -hmm. opinion and her judgment. And there are things when I know I'm personally not in a good way and I need a, I need a rational voice or a voice who can enter into this and just be like, yeah, you know, Amy, this is how I see that, you know, because I need someone to help pull me up out of the tailspin. You know? And that's, yeah, amen, amen. Yeah, so it's really interesting, uh, you know, You know, on my time schedule, I got to get running here pretty soon. So I kind of want to button a couple things up here. Yeah. One of, one of the things that I, that you were just mentioning was about betrayal, offenses and building walls and all of that stuff. And, one of the things that that um, I'm I'm learning more and more when I'm in those moments, it, it, time helps. You know, like after I've felt betrayed or offended, over time the Lord will take me to a place of forgiveness and releasing and blessing, and you know, breaking off any vows that I've made. He's really good at like, hey, 
you know, I, this isn't the plan that I have for your life. You, we need to deal with the stuff. But what, what I'm finding is that now, like if I sense a betrayal or I sense a hurt, to me, it's now a call to deeper intimacy with the Lord. It's yeah. just an immediate, like, like you're my protector. You're my provider. I need you yeah. now. I need you yes. because if I'm trying, if, if I think that a relationship with another human is going to satisfy that deep need within my soul, I've missed it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, man, when they betray, when there is betrayal and there is those difficulties, it's like, Oh Lord, I need you because he is my source of comfort, mm -hmm. yeah. you know? And, and, and yeah, I just, I just really, I, I just feel that it is a, it is like, God is, is laying out a bid when we experience the betrayal. He's saying, now here's another invitation for another identity upgrade. Here's another, here's yes. another place where I want to take you. And then the risk of vulnerability becomes a greater opportunity for intimacy with the Lord because we don't know what the other person's going to do. We don't know how they're going to respond. I've had to take that risk recently, even sharing some things um, in larger groups that I would have never shared before just to be more open and vulnerable. And I'm just entrusting it fully to the Lord. And if people take it the wrong way or they run a different direction, you know, I mean, I talk about, you know, my passion for this city and, you know, uh, for even for some of the leadership of this town that are not Christ followers that uh, don't yeah. hold the same uh, political beliefs that most Christians would hold. But man, I'm passionately uh, pursuing them. And then I say, you know what? Um, we got to quit talking negatively about that. You know, like, yes. like, I'll, 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 like, Hey, we got to, got to quit bashing these people. I had a whole group of people leave the church, you know, over that. And, wow. but it's like, Oh, that's for me, it's not a rejection of me. It's like, Oh man, I, it's just a call to deeper intimacy with the Lord. So whereas before I would have tried to fix it, I would have made a bunch of phone calls. I would have tried to, Oh, you know, like, oh, how can we make this right? You know, we need to, da, da, da. I, I love those people. I care about those people, but they get free will to choose where they, what they're going to do, you yeah. know? So it's just a deeper call to intimacy, you know, with the Lord. And, and I think that allows deeper friendships. Yeah. Right. The closer we get. Yeah. With the father. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm loving our friendship. Yes. And it's a lot of fun. Yes. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good. So any quick final thoughts? It just I love that pointing people back to Jesus. Because yeah. it, it's it, if if you're if you're not submitted to Jesus, I'm not gonna trust you. Mm. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> But that, that's not even first base yet. Like that, we're not even in the ballpark. You know, if you're not submitted to Jesus, there's only a certain level of trust there. I mean, I, like I don't know, the connections you're making in your city are a bit different. There's a different context for those, you know. But if we're talking yeah. intimate connection, um, then then I want to know, like, you know, you're actually listening for His voice, and then mm -hmm. and then my trust for him helps open up those doors for my trust for you, you know? Oh, good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my good. final thought is, you know, we, we, that old, uh, what is it? Um, you complete me. <laughs> that saying, you complete yeah. me, complete me. Jerry Maguire. 
Jerry, Jerry Maguire. There we go. I was like, Tom Hanks. It's not Tom Hanks. It's Jerry Maguire. But yeah, that, that, um, you know, I think sometimes, you know, we have that where there's this brokenness and somebody makes us feel good. And, and that actually can make an unhealthy relationship versus when the Lord mm -hmm. completes us. Yeah. Now we have something to bring to a relationship. Mm -hmm. We're not looking to get something out of it in a twisted way, but now we become a whole person who can, mm -hmm. can choose to enter into that Amen. relationship and to share. Amen. So yep. when, like yep. you're just saying, turning back to the Lord, allow mm -hmm. him to complete you so that your relationship with the other person can actually be healthy instead of like codependent. So yeah, <laughs> like, totally. You, totally. you get to have the friendship because you want the friendship because yes. you love the person and desire it versus because you need to have it to fix mm -hmm. you. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So All good. Right. So good. Well, um, I'm going to pray and uh, yes. usher us out of this time. And, um, and so let's, let's do that. Father, we're so grateful that you are such a good friend to us. Thank you that you're the model of a, of a whole friendship with our brother Christ. And, and, uh, thank you so much for the peer relationships that we have uh, without competition, without jealousy, without any of the uh, all of those orphan mindsets about our, our peers. Uh, God, I, I'm asking that you would take each of us into a place of more open and vulnerable relationships where we can wholly bring our brokenness to the table and trust some people with it. Father, I pray that um, those places of brokenness would would unveil and reveal more of who you are in us. And Father, for everyone offended and hurt and has felt betrayed, I pray that they would run to you with those betrayals, that they would not hold back from you, but they, they would bring them to you, trusting you above all else to be their guard, to be their protector, to be their comforter. And Father, I pray that as we walk out life-giving relationships, that we would be trustworthy people ourselves. And so, Father, thank you that you're developing in us the character of Christ and the ability to love well in this season. We pray for unity in the body of Christ and whole relationships. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, well, love you guys. Uh, oh, Debbie, on your last comment said, so good, Amy, been there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, awesome. Awesome. Well, with that, um, we are we are signing out, and uh, we'll be back next week. See you next week. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thank you for joining us today for this conversation. You can follow us, like, subscribe, and share out any of these episodes on Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can go to insightnow.co. Have a great day.